Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recaps Golden Girls. Today we are on Season 6, Episode 12, Ebb Tide's Revenge, which originally aired on December 15th of 1990. So let's learn what else transpired in history on that day. Not much. Our lone event. On December 15th of 2018, Egyptian archaeologists announced the discovery of a 4,400-year-old tomb of a 5th Dynasty priest in the Saqqara Pyramid Complex near Cairo. Wow. That's all I got for you. Okay, well, that was pretty quick. Yeah, so why don't you tell us what transpired <laughs> in this edition of the Golden Girls. All right, scene one, we're in the living room. Rose sits on the couch. Dorothy comes in. They are both dressed in black. Dorothy asks Rose if she has ever given an eulogy, which seems strange because we had an episode in the past about Rose going to a funeral to give one, and she just does not do very well with eulogies. Okay, we learn that Dorothy's brother, Phil, has passed away. Blanche enters dressed in red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sophia makes an entrance, and they all discuss the funeral, how Phil died, where he is being buried, which happens to be in the family plot in Miami. We'll get back to this later. And we learn that Sophia didn't really like Phil's wife. Huh. Okay. Scene two. We're at the funeral Oh, okay. Home. Also, oh. in this scene... Okay. Uh, something that, that confounded me for about ten seconds when I remembered, oh, 1990. Gotcha. So, uh, in that first scene there, Blanche... Uh, and the whole group kind of have this weird discussion about whether Phil is queer or gay, which uh -huh. was very confusing to me. Okay. Uh, for them, or kind of like, because they were also discussing like the dichotomy between, you know, using gay as an umbrella term or queer as an umbrella term. It's like, that's really not a discussion that's ever had. Because uh, also, I think they they assert that uh, that the LGBT community does not like being referred to as a as the queer community. Um, I think they say that, and or something like that. I think they said, and that was probably true in 1990. It may have been. Um, that was probably that's where I came from because, like, well, that's kind of the that's the that's the thing now is that it's the queer community mostly. Uh, but 1990, okay, fine. I don't think they liked it. Maybe, which but well, I don't know. I found that uh, that thing at the start very weird for uh, yes to it, a modern audience of just okay. Well, this may have made sense at the time. Doesn't make much sense now, but no. okay. <laughs> See mm -hmm. two. Hey, we're at the funeral home. Rose, Blanche, and Dorothy looking at Phil. Phil is wearing a teddy. Ah, uh, we don't really get to see Phil and uh, Earth the teddy. Dorothy goes to console Sophia. Angela, that's Phil's wife enters. She talks mostly to Dorothy. She is concerned about the funeral being in Miami. The preacher doesn't know anything about Phil, and Sophia may have given him some bad information, of course. Yes. Well, so, she always does. It's Sophia. Of course. And the preacher, well, he starts the service, and <laughs> when he sees Phil, well, you know, he thinks he might be on one of those hidden video things. Yes, could be. Well, the funeral didn't last too long. Scene three, we're at the graveyard. There's more talking. Angela tells Blanche and Dorothy about the guys from Phil's poker game. And they were there at the funeral. That Blanche and Dorothy thought, well, 
for some reason, Blanche and Dorothy thought they might have been sluts. Okay. Uh, well, I think what they thought, because <laughs> they're in these very long, luxurious black morning gowns with yes. veils. So I think what, you know, Blanche uh, obviously would be the one to make the leap is, oh, these were the women Phil was sleeping around with uh, or whatnot. And then, yeah, no, obviously not. I mean, come on. Okay. But that's what Blanche's thought, thought process was, there. Yes. They're in these very lovely outfits, really. Very yes. nice looking uh, long morning gowns that I quite enjoyed the look of. Yeah. But, yeah, no, was, okay. that's what their or Blanche's thought process was and then quickly Dorothy got on board. Yes. Uh, but I guess I'll bring this up now since this is basically the end of the funeral part of this episode. Yes. So I have quite a few questions. Okay. One, why is Phil's funeral in Miami? I know why for like the show's budget reasons, but logically, why is his funeral in Miami? Well, all I know is... Because they even say in this episode, like, they had to fly him in from Newark to bury him here. Yes. Like, so why are you holding the funeral here? He was in Newark already. That's where he's apparently lived, like, his whole life after Brooklyn. So, like, why is he being... Why is his funeral in Miami? All I know is that Sophia says that he he is being buried in the family plot in Miami. Yes. Why is the... The Petrillo family plot in, in Miami, Miami, not yeah. in Sicily. Now that or is in a better question. <laughs> somewhere in New York. That why is a better question. Why is the family plot in Miami? That, I don't know. I w- we'd have to see where Sal is buried. Well, um, I would assume here in Miami, too, then. I would assume in Miami, but when did Dorothy, when did Sophia move to Miami? I don't, I don't know. I don't really think they ever addressed this. They don't really, I don't believe. I assume, Uh, I mean, Dorothy obviously did at some point with Stan. Uh, For some reason, they moved to Miami. I really don't know why if Stan's, you know, so broke and poor, why he would have moved to Miami. Yeah. Well, I know they, I think they said they did their honeymoon in Miami and they bought that land in Miami when they were there on their honeymoon. Okay. Or something, though I never thought they took a honeymoon. But anyway... I don't know. The family plot should not be in Miami. I would think not. That's pretty wild. And But I do understand if the family plot is there, then it makes a little sense that Phil gets buried there. Sure, that part would be theoretically fine. I just don't know why the family plot's in Miami and not like in Sicily somewhere. But... Yeah, is. Do they have a spot for Phil's kids there? Do they have a spot for Angela there? Probably not. <laughs> but I have no idea on that front. And then my other question, um, why is Gloria not here? Gloria we don't see. We don't see Phil's kids. I don't, I have no answer for that. Okay. But I guess it's mostly because Angela and Sophia don't get along, so that's who we get to see as Angela. Okay. I would, I still, I don't know, really know why Gloria's not here. But she should at least been at the funeral. It's like the Charmaine, not at Big Daddy's one. Yes. Why? It really should be. Uh, last of this scene is that Dorothy, of course, gives a little small eulogy there. Uh, yeah, a lot of problems with the funeral, but 
what can you say? Scene four, we're in the living room. Angela and Dorothy looking at pictures. Sophia enters from the front door and she is carrying a skateboard. Holy cow, a skateboard. Oh, some kid at the park must be carrying an umbrella. She picked up the wrong thing and didn't notice. Huh. We finally learn why Sophia has been angry at Angela for... Well, ever since she married Phil, apparently. Apparently, Angela's father's dowry check bounced. It was $2 million. Oh, not dollars. It was lira. Yeah, which comes out to about forty-seven dollars. Mm-hmm. Hold on, let me run a quick. Let me run a quick <laughs> currency exchange. Two million lira. Yes. Um. So now uh, let's see. So this is today. Uh, I guess. Um. Let's see. So this would be Sicily or Italy, right? Yes. Um. So the lira is really only used like in Turkey anymore, but. Um, so let's see, Italy, well, they're on the Euro, uh, all of these no, places so, are now. Yes. Um, if we go by the Turkish lira, uh, today, 2 million lira would be about $357,000. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, back then, apparently, it was only $47 or so. Yeah. Um, so Angela says, fine. She writes Sophia a check, gives it to her. <clears throat> then she takes it back when Sophia wants to see a driver's license and a major credit card, since the check was out of state. And Angela heads to the kitchen. Scene five, we're in the kitchen. Now, as we know, this is not really why Sophia's angry well, or is not getting along with Angela. This is not the issue here. She makes it look, no, that's not the issue, but that's what she's using right now. Mm-hmm. Scene five, we're in the kitchen. Angela is on the phone trying to get the next flight home. Dorothy comes in and tries to get Angela to stay and wants them to solve this problem. Dorothy goes out to the living room and talks to Sophia. Then she goes back to the kitchen, then back to the living room. And this time she's got Angela in tow. Rose decides to take over because, yeah, she had training at the grief center, you know, way back in season one. She begins and is doing a great job. Boy, Rose is really doing a good job here, too. I commend her on that. But we need to know about her cousin, Ingmar. He was different. Ingmar did bird imitations. And you didn't want to park your car under their oak tree. So I guess he really did bird imitations. Mm -hmm. Not just noise, sound effects. Yeah, I actually thought... <laughs> Uh, for a minute, this one really fit in this episode too much. It fit in a couple episodes later that we'll get into, uh, which I won't remember this then. But I thought when when Rose started the story that we were going to get this story of this like troubled gay man in Saint Olaf or something, yes. uh, like very like Sherwood Anderson like Winesburg, Ohio esque story of of this deeply. You know, not troubled gay man, but this gay man who has to deal with living in the 1850s yes. uh, and whatnot. But well, that's not remotely what we got here, unfortunately. No. But Ingmar's mother used to say he brought shame on the house of Hausen Pfeffer Studentinker. Yes, Rose wants to make the story short, so we sh she will skip the part where he runs up the stairs and down the stairs and up the stairs and down the stairs. And then finally back to the story. 
It was a shame that kept Aunt Katrina from loving slow Ingmar, and it ruined her life. Don't let that happen to you, Sophia. Well, Sophia finally breaks down, and even though he cross-dressed, he was still a very good man, according to Angela. And they all hug as this episode ends. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, I will also say this whole episode with this whole thing of, like, Sophia trying to internally deal with what in her mind is, like, the shame of having a son that, uh, you know, cross-dresses. Yeah. Uh, reminded me a lot of the Against Me song, uh, Because of the Shame, which is Lord Jane Grace is talking about how because of the shame I felt throughout my life about various things that I wasn't able to communicate now that I see you dead here in this coffin, it all kind of comes crashing down to me now of I should have just been open about this stuff beforehand anyway, with you anyway. Uh, great track. Anywho, uh, we have a few cultural references uh, in this episode. Uh, firstly, to uh, the musical Gigi, uh, which uh, is a musical, uh, of course, uh, with a book and lyrics by Alan Jane Lerner and music by Frederick Lowe. You may know better as the uh, team behind uh, My Fair Lady. Uh, anywho, uh, it's based on the novel uh, novella Gigi uh, by Colette and the 1958 hit musical film of the same name. The story concerns Gigi, a free-spirited teen girl living in Paris at the turn of the 20th century. Uh, she is being groomed as a courtesan in her family's tradition. That's old-timey word for sex worker. Uh, before she is deemed ready for her social debut, she encounters the bon vivant bachelor Gaston de Chai, uh, whom she captivates as she is transformed into a charmingly poised young lady. Uh, the original Broadway production, produced by Edwin Lester in 73, uh, ran for a disappointing 103 performances, but won the Tony for Best Score, uh, and it has since been revived a few more times afterward. Uh, so that's uh, Gigi the Musical. Uh, Dorothy L'Amour was an American actress and singer, best remembered for appearing in the Road 2 series of movies, uh, which was a series of successful comedies starring Bing Crosby and Bob Hope, who would adventure to uh, various locales. Uh, so they were very popular in the 40s to the point where at least six of them were made in that series. Uh, Benny Hill was an English comedian and actor best remembered for his TV program, The Benny Hill Show. It was an amalgam of slapstick, burlesque, and double entendre in a format that included live comedy and film segments with him at the focus of mostly every segment. Bam Burgers was a department store chain with locations primarily found in New Jersey, also with locations in the states of Delaware, Maryland, New York, and Pennsylvania that ceased uh, sales in 1986. Uh, the Bronte sisters, I assume they mean uh, Anne, Emily, and Charlotte Bronte. Uh, the authors is what I assume they mean. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, so the Brontes were a 19th century literary family born in the village of Thornton, later associated with the village of Haworth in the West Riding of Yorkshire, 
Uh, the sisters Charlotte, Emily, and Anne are all well-known as poets and novelists. Unlike many contemporary female writers, they originally published their poems and novels under male pseudonyms Kerr, Ellis, and Acton Bell. Uh, their stories immediately attracted attention for their passion and originality. Charlotte's Jane Eyre was the first to know success, while Emily's Wuthering Heights and Anne's The Tenant of Wildfell Hall and other works were later to be accepted as masterpieces of literature. The three sisters and their brother Branwell were very close and during childhood developed their imaginations first through oral storytelling and play set in an intricate imaginary world, and then through the collaborative writing of increasingly complex stories set therein. Uh, so that's the Brontes briefly. Uh, side characters, only two. Angela, Phil's wife, is played by Brenda Vaccaro, uh, known for Midnight Cowboy, Capricorn One, uh, Supergirl, and Zorro the Gay Blade, which we have recently discussed uh, on this show. And you can actually check her out uh, in this year's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, in which she plays Mary Alice Schwarz. Hmm. Uh, she is a one-time Oscar nominee uh, for Best Actress and Supporting Role in 1976 for Once Is Not Enough. Uh, a three-time Emmy nominee and one-time Emmy winner. Uh, she won an Emmy in 1974 for Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy, Variety, or Music Program for The Shape of Things. Uh, nominated in 1976 for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama for Sarah. Uh, she was nominated for a Emmy for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Comedy in 1991 for her appearance in this episode of The Golden Girls. And then in 2010, she was nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Miniseries or Television Movie for the uh, product project you don't know jack oh. uh, so that is her you don't and then father salerno that's the preacher guy uh, is played by earl bone uh known for playing uh, dr silberman in terminator one two and three uh and then dr eisendrath in naked gun 33 and a third uh, he is also the voice of LeChuck in uh, Monkey, Island. Monkey Island. Well, uh, let me scroll down. He is in the 2009 games. Um, let me see if he is in the earlier ones as well. i got to scroll down to the 90s credits for him. Um, he's in Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. He does a lot of gaming voice work. Boulder's Gate. Uh, Cow and Chicken, that's not a game, but he's in that show. Um, Spider-Man, the animated series, he voices Red Skull and Beyonder. He does voice LeChuck in the original uh, Curse of Monkey Island uh, game, as well as some of the other ones, I think. Uh, he voices uh, Commander in an episode of Pokemon. Uh, so he does a lot of voice work. Um, he does appear in live action in a fellow uh, Susan Harris pro uh, property, Empty Nest, uh, for an episode uh, as well. Uh, he actually will appear again 
uh, next season for one episode uh, here on the Golden Girls. Uh, let's see. No new sex partners established, so the tally still stands. Blanche, 145. Sophia, 10. Dorothy, 10. Uh, and Rose, 7. Uh, so I have one other observation that I haven't, or two, that I haven't gotten to bring up yet for this episode. Uh, firstly, is kind of just a series-long observation. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, most of the cross-dressing jokes are really not not good ones at all to me. Uh, and then lastly, the, the very end of this episode is way too good for a Golden Girls episode. It, it, it's so out of character for the girls to have this very raw, emotional, like burying your soul tearjerker ending of an episode. It felt like I was watching BoJack again, yeah. but uh, like it felt very strange for this to be a Golden Girls ending because it just does not feel like something the girls would do uh, to have something actually have some sort of uh, consequence is such an un-Golden Girls move uh, to try and make you actually think or care about these characters. Very un-Golden Girls-esque uh, and is way too good for this series, in my opinion. Yeah, okay. That's what I would say. You would agree with me that the, the ending of this episode is too high quality to be in this show. Well, it's... It's too good for the Golden Girls. That's my that's my point, is that it's too good of an uh, ending for this series. Yeah, you could say too good. I would say it's definitely different than we're used to. I mean, it's not... We're not used to them crying and making up and stuff like that at the end of an episode, like Sophia is here. Uh, well, was it this season, or maybe it was last season, the one where Dorothy like has the fatigue disease? Yeah, that was... And it's like the two-parter and the end of the first part yes. is like Sophia bawling about like, Dorothy might be dying. Like, yes. this is one of those. I think it's that like, was at the start of last season. Okay. Yeah. I guess I could just scroll up and look. Um, yeah, it was. This season was the Rebecca coming back for delivering her baby. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Those, those are not, very not unusual. Common. Yeah, it's not a common Golden Girls thing. I don't know, yeah, if it's too good for a Golden Girls or not. But, That's my opinion. You know, it's certainly different. And I don't have any other observations on this one uh, that we haven't mentioned. So, episode counts on this. Well, there was a St. Olaf story, and there was a Sicily Italian reference. Uh, so... Total series counts as stand at weddings, planned weddings, 10. Physical abuse arose, 14. St. Olaf stories, 44. Picture it stories, 24. Cheesecakes eaten, 19. Sicily Italian stories, 9. Sicily Italian references, 52. Girls mad at each other, not best friends, or moving out, 23 times. Sports, 31. Games, 33. Stanley's a Bornak appearance is 18. I did not count. Sophia and her skateboard as a sport or a game because she picked it up accidentally, apparently, uh, and didn't know the difference between a skateboard and an umbrella. It's a tough thing. It's tough to tough know. Tough to tell. Yeah. It's <laughs> okay. Uh, my rating, you know, okay. Uh, yeah, 72 out of 100. 
Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps. The Golden Girls, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until that next episode, goodbye.